So good to be here to be able to open up the word to you that are here present, but also online. That's kind of our new normal. You know, when you hear people say, well, when we get back to normal. Well, let me just uh, break the news to you. There's never going to be a new normal. Uh, this is the new normal. And uh, I think today, more than any other time, we need to hear some good news. Can I hear an amen? By the way, you can talk back to me. I know online you can't, but, uh, well, you can't. I just won't listen to you. So, uh, again, it's an honor for me to be here today. Uh, I've, I've had quite a journey. I've been married to my wife for 36 years. We've been happy 34 years, and uh, <laughs> she reminds me of that often. Uh, but when, when we got married, I was a police officer. And about 10 years later, then I became a, a pastor, a church planter. We planted a church down in Lake Mills, Wisconsin, with the help of so many Converge Great Lakes uh, churches that would support us. And we're there about 11 years, and God was just nudging us and actually sent us to Panama City, Panama, uh, where we were there four years and started a church called uh, LifeBridge International Church. And so if you ever go to Panama and you go through the canal, you could stop and have church. Uh, it's a converged church, so that's kind of cool. But then in the midst of all that, God kind of led us to uh, work for the national office in Orlando, and we did that for a couple of years. Then Ken Nabby uh, said, hey, could you be our church planter director in Great Lakes? And I said, well, my wife says she wants to get back to the kids and grandkids. Can I live anywhere? And Ken said, yes, and so we live in Hudson, Wisconsin. That's a quick flyover. Uh, by the way, I think grandparenting is, is awesome. And those of you who don't have uh, grandkids, just wait, you know, buckle up. It's much better than parenting, it really is. So uh, I really think, as I started to say, uh, I really think we need some good news. Like, I, I just, I, I just see, am bombarded from social media, the TV to newspaper to everything. It's like, oh, goodness gracious, we need some good news. And I think the best news that we can hear every day repeatedly is spiritual good news. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts 8, 26 to 39. If you're online, uh, pull out your smartphone. It's going to be on the screen. Let me, uh, let me just start out reading this. And I really think this is a relevant story for us today and a good reminder for those of us that call ourselves Christ followers. Verse 26, it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go forward toward the south of the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and he went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come up to Jerusalem to worship, and he was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. The spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb before the shear is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In the humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from this earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this about himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and he began with the scripture. He told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road and they came to some water, the eunuch said, See, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down to the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he was baptized. And when he came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went away rejoicing. Man, that is a fascinating, fascinating narrative for us this morning. Let's bow in prayer. 
Father God, I pray that today that those at Bethel Baptist Church and those online would listen to your voice, not even the person that's speaking right now, that your spirit would penetrate our heart and mind that would motivate us to action, to share this good news about Jesus Christ. Give us boldness, give us courage in this hour and the days to come. Our world desperately needs to hear about you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you know a little bit about Acts, I love Acts because it's about church planting. Uh, Bad news, it's also about persecution. And so you saw the Spirit of God moving, and we first get to know Philip in Acts 6, where he is one of the original seven uh, deacons appointed to administer daily distribution of food and collect offerings and so forth. He's a biblical, he's the only biblical character who is specifically called evangelist. Now, when, when I say evangelist, who do you think of? Oh, really? Come on, let's shout it out. Billy Graham. Guess what? Billy Graham isn't here anymore. He's with Jesus. Do you think we need some more Billy Grahams? Yeah, but we need you. God wants you. And, and we understand why Philip is fleeing to the city of Samaria, why, why he's going there, because Saul is persecuting the church. We see that in the early, early verses of chapter 8. Uh, we know him now as the Apostle Paul, but he's persecuting the church. And sometimes under persecution, it, it allows us to move. Sometimes there's pandemic, and all of a sudden I lose my job, and now I've got to move. And there's a, there's a God-ordainedness in that. And so on the road to Jerusalem, to Gaza, Philip meets this Ethiopian eunuch. And this historic account is one of the few in the New Testament in the process of individual conversion. Now, I'm just going to assume something. You don't have to raise your hand. But when you hear conversion, do you think of going from death to life? Do you think of, I'm headed this way to hell, and now I'm going this way to heaven? And if you can't say that, maybe you haven't had a conversion experience yet. The truth is, there's a lot of people in our culture, UP, Wisconsin, the United States, that don't know anything about Jesus. They know something about you, Christian, and some are not too impressed. We've got to change that. Amen? Now, I'm not trying to guilt you or condemn you. I'm just saying my own life, I'm like, okay, how do I behave better that would be representation of Christ? Because we are to be imitators of Christ. Amen? So this Ethiopian eunuch is actually in Jerusalem to worship the Lord. So he's probably a Jewish proselyte. Uh, he's worshiping. Now he's reading scripture. And back then, at that time, you read scripture out loud. By the way, do you ever read scripture out loud? Sometimes I need to read scripture out loud to block out the noise of distractions. Oh, there's a car that goes by. I'm like, okay, what was I just reading? And so there's a good thing about reading Scripture out loud because it gets in your mind and your heart and you hear it out loud. And this is what, this is what the eunuch is doing. And Philip hears that. Uh, you know, we know the eunuch is this high official of Candace and uh, he's in charge of the treasure. Don't think that he's alone. There's an entourage. If he's in charge of treasure, I'm sure there's guards, there's, there's a whole lot of people, there's a lot of people around him. And so Philip hears this. And it's interesting Philip had a ministry in Samaria. He's preaching to the multitudes in Samaria. He's got a ministry in Samaria. And then the Spirit of God says, stop, pivot, and go to this one person out in the desert. He has no idea who he's going to meet. Like, it is an unexpected adventure. Like, really? I got a ministry here, Lord. Why are you going to mess that up? Can you relate to that? 
I'm just comfortable here. I love the fact that God does not care about my comfort. He cares about my character. He cares about my calling. He cares about my condition, my heart condition. Friends, I tell you what, it is okay for God to interrupt your plans. Back in March, no one saw this one coming, amen? My mom dies on March 8th, funeral March 13th, and then 16th, our state closes down in Wisconsin. And we were just praying, Lord, be merciful to my mom. Be merciful to my mom. He was more than merciful to my mom. He was merciful to the five kids. That was unexpected. And, you know, Philip had to pivot. He had to change things. You know, Philip's called to this place. He, he's actually from a different culture. Man, there's so much diversity in our world today. We certainly saw that in Panama. We launched LifeBridge International Church. We had 28 different countries. We were the minority people. That's a beautiful thing. We should not think that we should all be the same. That's not God's design. It's beautiful to see the diversity in different languages and gifting and talents. Well, when Philip gets there, he finds that God does have someone specifically that Philip is to share this good news. And, and God, God does not want us to stay sheltered in our house, even in the church walls. He wants us to go across the street to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to our classmates, to whoever he will put in front of us. My wife and I ate at the New Mexican restaurant last night. By the way, it's fantastic. So I'm talking to the part owner, and uh, I always ask, where are you from? Because obviously, he could be Mexican, but he could be Guatemalan, he could be Panamanian, he could be uh, whatever. And he says, oh, Guadalajara. And I'm like, oh, I've been to Guadalajara two times. In fact, the last time I bought a big sombrero. And he kind of smiled and laughed. And, you know, we paid our bill, but I gave him my card, and I said, hey, if you're looking for a church... Uh, 9 and 11 service. Now, the pastor's not that great, uh, but you may want to come. There's good people there, and he's, you know, I think he's probably new to this area. But it's just those little seeds of planting. Now, all of you should go there and eat there and give him your cards. <laughs> Invite him to church, and he's going to go, what is going on here? But that's how God works, isn't it? God wants us on mission. And if you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a disciple of Christ, guess what? You're a missionary, you may be clothed as a homemaker. You may be clothed as a doctor or a lawyer, as a police officer, whatever. That, that's covert. That's just an excuse to rub shoulders with people that don't know Christ. Now, one of your values, by the way, I did check out your website. Uh, Bethel, part of your value is becoming Christ followers who grow, who connect, who serve and tell. And telling is evangelism. Telling isn't like ramming it down their throat. I always tell every church, don't be that weird Christian. Be a kind servant Christian. Be more interested in them than you. Because I think Jesus modeled that for us. So what's an evangelist? Well, it's just a Christian with the spiritual gift of evangelism. And again, some of you may have that spiritual gift. But you feel this compulsion that you want to share your faith, you want to share this good news with everyone evangelists go where God sends them. The only reason why I left law enforcement, the only reason is because when I'm working night shift and then I get into the junior high school for nine years and I'm dealing with the product of what I'm dealing with at night shift, it's breaking my heart because people have no hope if they don't have Christ. 
And we're there, we plant the church, we don't know what the heck we're doing. Thank goodness for, for Converge that I have a coach that walks me through it and there's assessment. I mean, you just don't do it by yourself. You always have partnerships. This is our tribe and they support you. And then God sent us to Panama. The only reason why I went to Panama, 70,000 expatriates from different countries around the world that speak English. That was the only reason and they needed to hear the good news. I could tell you story after story. Going on short-term mission trips. Some of you have probably done that. I, look, I love your mission board on the back wall. They're in the front lines and they're being attacked. And it's hard being on the mission field. But I'm telling you, that's what God wants us to do in this area of the world, in the UP. It's okay you have a lot of snow. Help your neighbor shovel out his driveway. And then say, why, why am I doing this? Well, because you need to hear about Jesus. So in Acts uh, 8.30... As we see Philip running up to this chariot, he hears him reading, and he asks, do you understand what you're reading? I know for a fact there's so many people in the world today that they go, I, I don't know what I'm reading. I, I don't know when I read scripture. I don't understand it. Well, that's called discipleship. You have someone walk along you and teach you some things, and then you, in turn, will help others understand what you're reading. But more than just understanding God's word, it's also application. We have to live it out. Amen? Come on now. Talk back to me. He was deeply, the eunuch was deeply interested in understanding what he's reading because in verse 31 he says, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Are you eager to learn God's word? Are you hungry for his instruction? What is your daily rhythm of reading? where you consume it. And maybe you have to listen on, a, on an app where it's actually reading as you're driving into work, but are you listening and then are you thinking, hey, how do I apply this? This Ethiopian didn't understand and God sent Philip one person to one person. I love that. And the quote that he's reading is Isaiah 53. It's so important because it's the first definite application to Jesus as our suffering servant. And we see this Ethiopian beginning to understand. You see his mind beginning to understand. I love leading new Christians in discipleship and Bible study because they ask the most amazing questions. I have been a Christ follower. Well, no, let me back up. I gave my life to Christ when I was seven years old. I didn't know anything. But I take things for granted, like the Christmas story, like the Easter story, like the passages that I read over and over and over again. The Bible says of itself that it's living and active. So that's why you read it every day, because it may, it may reveal something to you that you apply to your life. And I love new believers that they ask me questions that stump me. It's kind of like stump the chump. I should know this. Oh, I haven't thought about that in years. So it sharpens us. It prepares us. In Acts 8 and 36, it says, And as they're going along the road, they came to some water. The eunuch said, See, here's some water. What prevents me from being baptized? Baptism is that seal of conversion. It's that seal of the decision that you internally made. I would encourage you, Bethel Baptist Church, if you haven't been baptized, get baptized. The lake's not that cold. You can do it. And I think it's the, the commandment of Matthew 28, 19, the Great Commission, that you go into all the nations, you go to the neighborhoods, you go everywhere. You're teaching, you're modeling, you're showing, and then you baptize. It's God's desire that the truth, that his truth be preached everywhere. In fact, how do I know that? 
Well, let's go back to the first chapter of Acts 8. It says, but you will receive power. Stop. You will receive power. Not your power. Not your effort. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, even in the UP. Because I kind of think this is the end of the earth. And you do too. You do. It's okay. The eunuch's reading Isaiah, he begins to ask questions. Friend, if you're online today, if you're here present and you've got questions, don't leave here without asking those questions. Maybe someone here actually knows the answer. Maybe they can open up scripture to show you. But ask a lot of questions. I don't think we do that enough. Ask questions. The Ethiopian did. And at the right moment, the Lord brought Philip across his path. Friends, part of this story teaches me a couple of things. One is, we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. If you have Christ in your life, if you've, you've crossed that line of faith, you submitted your life, you surrendered your life, then you have the Holy Spirit. And there will be times, tell me that this has not happened to you. You're having a spiritual con conversation with a coworker, a neighbor, a friend, and uh, you want to say something about God, but you're hesitant because, you know, you don't want to be rejected. Let's just be truthful. And so you walk away and you go, I should have said something. Come on, raise your hand if you've ever had that. Yeah, all you, all you have. If you don't raise your hand, you're just, you know what you are. <laughs> it's okay to pivot and go back the next day, say, hey, we were having this spiritual conversation, and you said this, and I was thinking about this, and I was processing. Can we pick up that conversation? Because I'd like to share one or two more things with you. It's getting permission from them because they're the ones that are asking the questions. And it's okay to regroup. It's okay to pivot so as, as we, 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 I'm sick of that word, really. We have to pivot all the time, don't we? All right. Don't be too worried about what you'll say. Don't think that you have to have a theological seminary degree. Listen to what the Holy Spirit's going to prompt you and ask good questions. You know, before people can accept the truth, they must first hear the truth. Are you one of those people? Look what Paul writes in Romans 10, 13 to 15. He says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Oh, how then will they be calling him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? Friends, I'm telling you, there's people in our culture in America that have never heard this good news continues, and how are they to hear without someone preaching? And don't think preaching like this right now. It's just telling. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. I can't tell you how many times I took trips to Cuba, Ukraine, uh, Ecuador, and we would meet someone along the path where we we're presenting the gospel, and they would say this, and it would just crush me. They'd say, what took you so long getting here? I'm in my 60s. I'm in my 70s. What took you so long? You're like, oh, I'm sorry. There's people out there that are waiting, that are waiting. But it always is dependent on a human in instrument, sharing the good news. Now, can you, can you find Christ just reading the Bible? Absolutely. Or a good television program or a radio program? Absolutely. God does use that. But let me ask you this. How many of you have come to faith in Christ because someone introduced you to Christ? Raise your hand. Most of you. It's always through relationships because we serve a God of relationships. You know, culture may be different today than back then, but the principles are the same. We have to live out the message of the good news, and we need to share the good news with our neighbors. So if you're listening online today or you're here today, don't be satisfied until you have this trust, this faith in Christ, as the Ethiopian did. 
And you do that by studying the Word of God. I tell everybody that I get to preach at or with or to, just 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes a day. If you're doing nothing, start with five minutes. And then increase that over time. Join a small group. You have that here, right? So join a small group. Uh, don't be satisfied until that belief is in your heart and mind. It's life-giving. It's the good news. It's life-changing. My life has never been the same. Aren't you grateful for that, church? Would you give it up for anything? And every Christian that is a disciple of Christ would say, I wouldn't give it up for anything. Now, let me just be honest with you. Is it easy? Shake your head no. And is it harder today than it ever has been being a Christian? Yes, it has. So let's step up. Let's show the world that we are unified, that we love Christ, that we love our neighbors, that we're going to serve them. So maybe today God is calling to himself. I don't know where you're at, where you stand spiritually, but I would be remiss in my duties of just loving God and knowing how much he loves you to say, if you don't know Jesus, you can know him today. We, we talk about this. It's the spiritual good news. It's really the ABC. So let me go through it real quick. Watching online right here present. What did the Ethiopian do? He first, A, accepted the truth about Jesus. He was listening to Philip the evangelist. And then B, he believed. He like, okay, this is true. I, I believe it. I think it's true. I don't know much about this Jesus, but okay, so he lived. He died on the cross for my sins. After three days, he rose again. I, I believe that. And then the C is confess. He confessed his unbelief. He confessed his sin, his wrongdoing before a holy God. And he confessed the fact that he didn't know Jesus, and he confessed that he was separated from God. The ABCs. It's pretty simple, right? And you can do that today. Let me lead you in prayer. Father God, uh, I pray that those that are online, those that are present here today, if they don't know Jesus, your son, who is perfect, who came to this planet to redeem us, to rescue us, even as we sing these songs leading into the message today, I pray that they would humble themselves and just say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm, I know I'm separated. I know that if I died, I, I don't think I would go to heaven. So save me, Lord. Teach me. Bring people around me, my family, my friends that know you to help me grow. We pray this in Jesus' name. Friends, if you prayed that prayer, or if you have questions, don't leave here with asking Pastor Brian or Pastor Hank. You can come up to me. Uh, if you're online, email somebody, text somebody. But be assured that God loves you. This is the best news. This is the greatest news ever, ever. Have a great rest of the day and spread the good news. Amen.